are listening to The Mental Cast, a podcast with great discussions about mental performance training, coaching, and education and learning. Hosted by Dan Meckel and powered by Soul Performance Academy. Please check out all social media accounts at 717Soul and at Real Dan Mickle for up-to-date information, challenges, and questions. If you'd like to reach out to us here at The Mentalcast, please email us podcast at 717soul.com or podcast at Dan Mickle, and we will get back to you and may use your question for future episodes. You can also use the hashtags Ask717Soul and Ask Dan Mickle to reach us. Lastly, we would love your support across all our social media accounts at Real Dan Mickle for all of Dan Mickle's social media accounts and at 717 Soul for Soul Performance Academy. Thank you. And now here is your host, Dan Mickle. Hello and welcome to the Mental Cast, powered by Soul Performance Academy. I am your host, Dan Mickle, and I'm glad you decided to join us for today's episode. The Mental Cast is powered by Soul Performance Academy, helping you get from good to great. You can visit them online at soulperformanceacademy.com or across all social media at 717soul. We are also sponsored by It's Called Normal Athletics. ICN Athletics makes the extraordinary ordinary through adaptive beach volleyball. Everyone should have the opportunity to enjoy and excel at the sport, and ICN offers the programs and educations to make it normal for adaptive athletes to play on any court. Help them make beach volleyball court a place for everybody. For more information or to make donations to the 501c3, please visit icnathletics.com. Thank you, and they'll see you in the sand. And again, thank you to John and Dave and everyone at It's Called Normal Athletics for the support, and most importantly, for all the amazing work that they are doing there. Much appreciated. And as normal, you can reach me on all social media at RealDanMickle and DanMickle.com. So today is September 2nd, 2022, and normally I don't bring the date into my podcast because I realize everyone listens at different times and it could be a year until you hear this, but it's kind of related to the story. So I want to make sure that we know the starting point and where we're at. And today's topic is called living in the gray. And for me, the gray is something that I came across when I was reading Jay Glazer's book, Unbreakable, which is an amazing book. I highly recommend everyone reads it for whatever reasons, whether it's you deal with athletes or maybe you yourself are struggling with your mental health. I think it is a great perspective and a great addition to any library. And in it, he describes what the gray is to him. And he obviously goes deep into the mental health aspect of the gray for him and how it's his anxiety and his depression and how it's always been a struggle and how bad it has been at times. And it really became evident to me that I've been living in the gray for a while. The problem is I see people work with people and around people that are very high functioning people with depression and anxiety. And I just wasn't at that level. So I didn't think much about it. I didn't realize how it was affecting my life. I was still functioning, 
but really what it is there's just days where you didn't want to get out of bed now i know that we all have them we have those moments those times whether we're going through a rough patch or we're just burned out in what we're doing for different reasons but it became a chronic issue where there were more days where i didn't want to get out of bed where i didn't want to do anything than days that i did and when you look at the grand scheme of things things were actually going really well in my life my relationships with my wife my kids my family my friends work um, coaching all that was going really well but still there was just something holding me back there was something always hanging over me and I couldn't figure out what it was I love what I do I love working with athletes I love working with people I love working with businesses I love coaching I, I love the social media aspect of it all of it, it it's, it's fun it's intriguing I'm happy where I'm at but it is also a lot of work you know anyone that tries to promote or run a business in today's world with social media and social marketing it's a struggle it's a struggle just for that aspect let alone doing what you actually do you know if you're a coach or a musician you spend so much time doing all this other stuff that you spend very little time on your craft and that was certainly wasn't the root cause of it but that started to just build up and finally I decided in August of 2022 that I was just going to take a break from content creation now I wasn't taking a break from social media I wasn't you know deactivating my Facebook and my Instagram and all that stuff but I actively decided that I was just not going to create and post any new content for the month I was going to focus on other aspects of the business other aspects of my life and really just try and straighten things out so there were no mental cast episodes there were no proper atmosphere podcast episodes you know no blog postings a lot of stuff and and some of the stuff it was tough because some of the stuff i just launched i just started doing in june and july and it was gaining traction and i really liked the, the direction it was going and there were some changes that I would I would want to make, but they weren't high on the priority. You know, maybe some new logos or the graphics, you know, the, just the little things. And it finally just got to me. There, there was a stretch at the end of July where I just wanted to lay in bed. And that's when I realized after reading Jay's book in June that I... I've been living in the gray for a really long time, well before pre-pandemic. I just pushed it off as having bad days. But what I didn't realize were how stacked up those bad days were. It's one thing, again, to have a bad day here and there. But when you start to look back and you realize you had five of these gray days in a row, that's not healthy and that's not good. So I took the break from creation because I felt like that was taking up a lot of my time and a lot of my mental currency. So focused on that content creation, I couldn't focus on other things. So that that was a bit of an issue. Um, and I really decided I needed to make even more changes. 
and I happened to stumble across the 5 a.m. club, which is, I think, a pretty amazing book. Now, it has its critics, and I understand why, because the way the book is presented is a little crazy. It, you know, it's, it's, it's a self-help book presented in a fable way, in a story way, and it can be a little bit extravagant, eccentric. You know, there, there's some characters in there that are a little crazy, and um, I read it and I listened to it on Audible. And to me, actually listening to it on Audible was amazing because how I pictured the characters in my mind when I was reading it was not how it was presented. And it was a whole different level. It almost made it feel like two different stories. But the messaging is pretty solid. And if you're looking to make serious changes in your life and you don't know where to start, I suggest starting at the 5 a.m. club. So it has been, I'm going to say 14 days since implementing getting up at 5 a.m., going through what they call the 2020-20 process. Um, and again, I don't want to, this isn't a podcast about the synopsis of the books. So I don't want to give it all away. Um, but I'll be honest, it was really tough for someone that typically got up late. And by late, I mean the 8 o'clock, early 9 o'clock range most days especially during the summer when the kids weren't going to school, it was really tough to just flip that switch and start getting up at 5 a.m. every morning. But after about the third day, I started to really see the benefits. I mean, in fact, I'm recording this podcast at 6.05 a.m. on a Saturday. Um, the amount of productivity that I get done between 5 a.m. and 8 a.m. is unbelievable. Um, so my morning routine now is, you know, I'm up at 5. I go through the 20-20-20. And again, I don't want to spoil it. You can Google it if you want to spoil it. But I suggest if you seriously are thinking about doing it, don't Google it. Just get the book and start it. But I don't turn on technology typically until seven. So I'm not checking email. I'm not checking social. I'm not checking bank accounts. I'm not doing anything, um, involving technology until after seven. So typically I am reading, I am writing in my journal, I'm writing my haikus, you know, whatever else I do aside from technology. Now, obviously today it just worked out. I really wanted to record this in the morning. I'm actually in a hotel on the road and I thought it'd be great to do. Um, but normally I wouldn't have all this set up and be recording it. This is just really a long way of saying I had to hit pause and reflect on my life and see where I was at. Cause even when things are going really good, you can still have a foot in the gray and it can still have a hold on you. What really hit home for me with Jay Glazer and his book was how everything always seemed like he had his stuff together. You see him on Fox Sports every Sunday during football, and he's doing his reports, and he's on it. What we don't see is him in the corner of the studio crying because his anxiety has taken over to him, and he's struggling. We don't see when he doesn't even want to get out of bed because he doesn't know what to do. <clears throat> And his book talks about how he helps overcome it. And, and that's the thing. When we say overcome, it doesn't mean we're cured. 
I'm not. I'm, I'm, he's not. We, we all still battle it every single day, but it just seems that everyone's afraid to talk about it. That it's this badge of weakness if we admit that we struggle. And with everything going on, the political environment, financially, still, you know, the effects of COVID and the pandemic and relationships and everything going on, we all struggle and it's okay to talk about it. Now, I'm not saying that we all have to carry this flag and march down the street and talk about our mental health, but we have to check in with ourselves and really assess where we're at or we're going to completely burn out and be useless, useless to our family, our kids, our coworkers, our jobs, but, but mainly ourselves. And before I read the book and before I started doing the 5am club and I was really searching and trying to figure out what was going on, I came across languishing and languishing is really the opposite of flourishing and languishing was really first coined by the sociologist Corey Keyes and languishing is really apathy. It's a sense of restlessness or feeling unsettled or just a lack of interest in life or things that typically bring you joy. And it's not a mental illness. It's, it's, it's not depression, but it's really a combination of a lot of the symptoms of other mental illness. And of course, people that are diagnosed with depression or anxiety are more susceptible to languishing. But the key for me in the statement and what he said is it's an overall lack of interest in life or the things that typically bring you joy. And, and that's what really drove it home for me. I started to realize that things I loved, going to the beach, going to an amusement park, hanging out with my kids, things that always give me joy were no longer bringing me joy. It wasn't to the point for most of them that I dreaded it, like, oh, we gotta go to the amusement park, or oh, I'm going to the beach. But there were just times that we would do these things and it's just like, there was no benefit to it. I remember in June of this year, we went on our first vacation. You know, we go to the beach a couple times in the summer, and this was one of the first times that we went down. And I just remember sitting there by the pool trying to relax. And I wasn't stressing over things. It's not like I had things in the back of my mind. But I didn't have any joy sitting there. And I started to think about the past couple years Again, it's hard because when we go back to the past two or three years and we hit the pandemic years, it's so overshadowed by the pandemic. And it's really, really easy for us to say that what we have going on is because of the pandemic. But for me personally, now I'm not saying this is true for everyone, but for me personally, when I took a really deep look at what I thought may be some of the issues that I'm having, most of them were present pre pandemic and it just got brought in the spotlight more during the pandemic. Cause we had a lot more time to sit around and think about how messed up we are. And, and I started to look at, wow, what's not bringing me joy that used to, you know, it was 
photography. I used to love taking pictures. You know, when I, when I got my first Canon, I just remember going out and taking pictures, but then it just stopped. Um, you know, writing stopped when I was coaching. I didn't have those moments where I felt pride or excitement coaching. I was going through the motions. Now I was giving my best. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I gave up on it, but I wouldn't drive home after a practice or even a match and be like, man, that was awesome. It was always analytical. That was good. This is what we need to work on. But it was rare that there were times like, man, that was awesome to be a part of. And I started to realize that there was a lot of that in my life. There were very few things that I was like, man, this is great. I'm so glad this happened. It was just living in the gray. It wasn't black like depression and it wasn't blue like happiness. I was caught in the gray. And it was miserable. Because I couldn't pinpoint it. I couldn't figure out what was going on. I just know that I didn't feel right. And I just have always been under the assumption that you had to be either in the darkness and, and, and blackness of depression or in the blue and the happiness of, of life is going well. I just didn't think that you could actually sustain and live in the gray in that middle area. Most people tell you that I'm sure that there's times that they go into the gray, but to actually stay there and live there, sustain life in the gray is really tough and it's really draining. It's one of those where it's almost worse not knowing what's going on because you make up all the stories in your mind and try and figure it out. But if you know how bad it is or something tragic or traumatic has happened, you at least know what to attack mentally. But man, in the gray, it was just blah. And as I started to talk to more people and open up about this, I started to realize that there's a lot more people out there that are going through this. You know, in, in the psychology field, and I still struggle with that. I mean, there are amazing people that have gone through years and years and years of psychology, undergrad, grad, doctorate. And I'm a guy that came into the performance psychology world late. And I worry sometimes that, and I don't have the training of some of these people, but the fact of the matter is we can't all be experts on everything. And I had to have come to the terms of it's okay to be a generalist. Um, Epstein's book range is a great look at that that we don't value generalists as much as we probably should. We're so focused on specialization and early specialization that we tend to lose the fact that people that are very general in what they do bring a ton of value to everything, whether it's business, life, relationships. Being able to sample and use that sampling in life is actually a pretty big deal for a lot of people. So that certainly was a big aspect of it, but I, I just realized that I needed more help. So I ended up starting counseling and, um, I decided that I wanted to go the online route. I just felt with my lifestyle and what I do with traveling and the weird times that setting appointments and going face to face and all of that in an office locally was just not going to work for me, especially with my season starting up 
in mid-August. So I decided to go with betterhelp.com. Um, now, there's a lot of options out there for online therapy and counseling. Um, I just decided to go with BetterHelp because I saw their ad and it stuck. And yeah, like I obviously I researched them. I researched their competitors and there are some really good ones or some that I was unsure of. But BetterHelp pretty much checked all the boxes. Um, the price was right. And that's another thing. If you feel like cost of therapy or counseling is going to be a barrier, don't check with them. BetterHelp offers um, for lack of a better term, like scholarships, if you can't afford it, they can offer you special pricing if you ask them. Um, so try not to let the cost of therapy or counseling be a barrier to getting help. So I remember our first session with my counselor and I felt ridiculous because when we're talking about life, I realize how good I do have it. You know, my relationship with my wife and my kids, my family is all great. And we're talking about it. And I just, I felt ridiculous. Why am I here? Cause everything I'm talking about seems to be great. And then we get into the areas of, I don't feel like I have direction at times. What's getting me out of bed? What's motivating? And as we dig deeper, and, and listen, this is a continual process. It's not like, hey, after a month, everything's perfect. Um, but what I realized was I spent so much time trying to fix all the little things, thinking that was the problem, that I just never stopped and took a deep dive into what is going on. And... I said to my therapist, and I just remember her reaction of, I think I need just to step away from the creation. Like, I'm not really helping people. I'm just turning stuff out. Some of it's good. Some of it's mediocre. But I feel like I'm not focused in what I'm doing. Am I putting blog content out? And am I, you know, doing vlogs um, just to put content out? to try and help the algorithm to drive traffic, you know, to drive the clients, or am I actually trying to help people? And what I realized was I was taking shortcuts and things to make it easier to post and promote and get it out there. Um, that was probably hurting the actual content. So when I took this month off of actually creating, I said, what's key to me? What do I want to do? And I remember one of my very good friends, Brian, um, from Germany. So there, I kind of gave him a shout out there, um, saying to me that what really sells it for him is me. The content is great, but the perspective that I bring it, the touch that I give it, the personalization that I bring it is what's really important to him. And I realized that's what has been missing. I wanted things to look right so it would pop and I wanted it to sound right so it sounded professional. 
and I realized I'd gotten away from what I really liked, which is a podcast like this where I'm not really editing it. I'm making sure it's presentable, put a little music in in the beginning, the intros, the extra, you know, the outros. But I don't want to heavy edit it. I want it to feel like we're having that conversation. I want my posts on social media to feel like we're having a conversation. I don't want it to feel like, hey, this is my research on this. I'm an expert on this because I'm not. Let's just get that clear. I am not. I will. I don't know that I'll ever consider myself that, but I don't try and I don't want to seem like I'm presenting things like I'm an expert on it. I want to present things of this is what I found. This is how I feel about it. Maybe you should try it. But I felt like I got away from that because I was so worried about imposter syndrome. And we talked about that on previous you know, episodes that it became too regimented and I didn't like it. I thought some of the topics, I thought what I was doing was good. I just wasn't presenting it well. So I really took the month of August to reevaluate. What do I think brings value? And then am I presenting it in a way that brings value? So I've changed some of those, you know, I'm doing more blogs, but the two that I added are ones that I want to do. It's not like, I feel like this is going to help the algorithm and drive traffic to my websites. I want to do it because I think it, it's almost like therapy for me to talk about it and bring it to people. And that's huge for me. And I want it to be on a schedule. So I really looked at, you know, how do I want to do this? And yeah, so I've come back with a new schedule, new content, how I'm presenting the content, everything, all of that. And all that is a result because not because I fixed the gray because again, and even in his book, Jay says, you know, he still struggles with it every single day. And if you follow him on social media, you'll understand what I'm talking about. He talks about, Hey, today's a gray day. Today's a blue day and I need your support. And he talks about it, you know, how he gets support and, and the steps. And I realized that that's what I was doing. I was looking at how am I fighting my gray and, and that's how I'm doing it. I'm, I'm revamping things. I'm changing things a little bit. It wasn't so much too much content. It wasn't so much, um, being bogged down by research or trying to push out the content. It was because I just wasn't happy with how I was doing it. And that's what was kind of leading me to the languishing and living in the gray. Um, I was okay. Cause Hey, look, I'm putting content out. I'm getting eyes on it, but I wasn't jazzed about it. I don't know that people were jazzed about it. And that's what pushed me in that. You know, that was the punch in the clock going into the factory every day. Oh, time to write a blog, time to do a podcast, time to do a vlog. Let's do a video. Let's get on TikTok. Um, you know, and, and that's been the struggle. And the more I talked about this story with other people and bounced it off my inner circle and kind of what's going on, I started to realize that there's a lot of us out there. Probably most of us out there go, go through this. And it's tough to figure out because other aspects of our lives are going so well. Well, I can't be in the gray or I can't be depressed because man, my job's going great. I love going to work every day. But then you come home and you sit on the couch and just watch TV all day because you try and escape, but you don't know why. 
And I think we try so hard to make it everything is either good or everything is bad that we forget that most of us live in that middle and it can be really tough. And that's kind of why I wanted to start off coming back from this break, talking about the gray, living in the gray and, and, and letting people know like the, this is a big deal. And this is a big thing. I, I don't know yet how we completely get over it. Again, people like Jay that wrote Unbreakable talk about, you know, surrounding yourself with a team, physical activity. You know, they give steps to help and that certainly helps. And I'm sure there's more steps out there that will help. But I really think the problem right now is just getting people to realize where they're at. We keep hearing about the great resignation and how everyone's leaving their jobs during the pandemic and post pandemic. And I think a lot of that has to do with people living in the gray. Again, some of it obviously is the pandemic, but I, I think a lot of these seeds were planted years before the pandemic. And finally, it just got to the point where I have to make changes. The problem is just like everything else, when we're living in the gray, we make changes thinking it's not going to follow us. You know, me changing a podcast or Jay Glazer, you know, would leave Fox and go to ESPN. It's not like the depression and anxiety and the gray won't follow him or won't follow me where we go next. It will. So the great resignation and hopping all this stuff, it's not going to solve it. If anything, what it did is it just read, raised the flag of, hey, something's wrong deeper and something's going on. You've had enough, so you're resigning from your job that you kind of resented or hate doing. So you're going to what? Go to a job? And then the new job is what? Going to magically be better? Chances are not. The same problems that you had probably followed you. Now, there are obviously things, managers, teams, hours. There might be things that were a big contributing factor that will change, but will the overall tone change or is it going to follow you? Chances are it's going to follow you. Hopefully it won't. Hopefully it is a fresh start. But if you don't take those deep looks into yourself, into what's going on, chances are that gray is just going to creep back in at your new place. You quit being a server and God bless everyone in the service industry. Cause I know right now it's tough. People are mean. People are stupid. It's hard supply chain. Like I get all of that, but people are leaving the service industry and going somewhere else. They're selling cars or they're doing real estate or, you know, they've become a preschool teacher. That's all great. And I'm glad that people are looking for their passion or what they want to do. But that cloud, that gray will probably follow you. If you don't stop and take a look, what else is going on? Okay. I solved the problem of the work and the stressor of the work, but what else is really going on? And this is really a roundabout way of just saying for me, what it was is I realized that I lost direction. I've been, I, I became so synonymous with my coaching and even lately, like my haiku writing, 
but was it my identity? Am I just that coach? Am I just that writer? And I just never stopped to ask myself, what is my actual direction in life? What do I really want in life? And I'm not talking the BS answers like a healthy family and I want to be financially independent and all that. But what is what really drives me? And am I doing things to help or hinder that in life? And what I really started to realize and come down to was I was hindering what my drive was because I wanted to make it presentable and easy for everyone. I wanted to make, you know, catchy blog posts and podcasts versus I want to have the meat and potatoes of what I'm talking about when I want to do. That's the drive. I want to help people. I want people, even if it's one little thing, to walk away from this podcast or anything I post and at least have them think about it. Like, oh, I get where he's coming from, but it doesn't really affect me. That's not my life. Or, man, that really hit home, and I totally get where he's going. That's what it is for me. It isn't how many views I get, how many likes I get, and that's where I lost the focus. But here's the key for me. I'm not in the gray because I lost focus. I lost focus because I'm in the gray. I didn't take care of myself mentally. I thought I'll just grind through this and just I'll work really hard. You know, I'm going to work really hard to help everyone during the pandemic. And I realized that I lost sight of what meant the most to me and what my goals were and where I wanted to be. And that's what led me to the gray. And there's a big difference there, right? There's a difference between the gray causing the issues or the issues causing the gray. And that's what we have to figure out. I think too many, too many people think that the issues are causing the gray. The things that we do are what lead to the de depression and anxiety. We don't look at the other way that the depression and anxiety are actually leading us to do these things. And it's also really tough because people have these you know, preconceived notions of depression and anxiety especially depression, especially the older generation, they think automatically depression of, you know, going to a mental hospital or even worse, suicide, self-harm, those types. A lot of people don't think about the different levels of depression, how you can be very functional, but still be depressed, how you can be very functional and still have, you know, really bad anxiety. So you either get the, oh, it's really not that bad. <laughs> or you get the people that worry way too much. Um, and that was really hard for me to open up to a lot of people. Um, a lot of people very close to me. Because I knew that as soon as I said, I'm, I definitely have some levels of depression. That they would go automatically to the far end of the spectrum. And think that it was really bad that I was suicidal and you know I'd, I'd have to preface that conversation like look I'm good I'm okay but these are the struggles that I have you know and I still have them but how I judge it is 
How many blue days do I have versus gray days? And when the gray days start to stack up or start to outnumber the blue days, then I know something's going on and I need to take a, a bigger and better look at what's going on in my life. What do I need to change? And hopefully it's just a small change or a little change. And that's really what the, the main part of this podcast is all about. Take the time and just do a really self deep dive. Really look at where you're at in life and not just, am I at my financial goals? Am I at my career goals or where am I at my ladder for my career? But really just look and check in with yourself and say, am I okay? You know, I have a friend that she rates everything. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I absolutely stole the whole blue gray concept from Jay Glazer. Um, it's easy for me. Um, it makes it easy for my family when I'm like, Hey, look, I'm having a gray day. You know, I've talked to my team about this and said, this is where I'm at. And, and honestly, I had a gray day not too long ago. And I, I said to them in our group message, like, Hey, look, guys, today's a great day, so I'm really going to need you. I'm going to need you to motivate me and, and, and you to help me get through this day. And they did, and they were very thankful that we talked about it. Uh, but anyway, b- back to where I started this story, I have a friend that, you know, she rates it one through five. Today's a two-day. It's a bad day. Five-day, everything's going great. It doesn't matter how you do it. The key is you really do need to check in with yourself. You can't just say, I got some good money in my bank account. I'm not getting fired. My wife and I aren't fighting. So everything's good. Because that's when the languishing starts to creep in. And that's also when the gray starts to creep in. I think of it like that cartoon villain. You know, Ivan or whatever from Rocky and Bullwinkle, like just peeking around that corner, waiting. Okay, things are going well. I'm just going to creep in here and start to put little seeds of doubt because we don't check in regularly. And that comes from, you know, mindfulness, meditation, breathing. There's a lot of things that you can do. But you need to take the time on a regular basis to check in with yourself, physically, mentally. How am I doing? And I don't think we do that enough. I think we do it enough when we are involved with teams, when we're players and coaches are on us, like making us check in and how we feel. But in life and and after that, it doesn't happen nearly as much as it should. I wish I could magically say this is the program or this is how you fix it if you're feeling gray or you're languishing or even if you have depression and anxiety, but there isn't a method. There's skills that we can do. There's things that we can try, but ultimately it's very personalized on how it helps you. For me, the biggest thing is changing and going with the 5 a.m. club. And I'll make sure that it is in the links so that you can 
find it. But it's the 5 a.m. Club by Robin Sharma, and he does a great job. And again, I get it. Some people think that the book is really campy and kind of weird because of how the fable tells the story of the self-help. But I thought that's what made it unique and made it entertaining. And I really suggest the audible version. Um, just the voice actor and, and, and everything is, is pretty fun. Um, but yeah, so I suggest the 5 a.m. club. I suggest reading Unbreakable by Jay Glazer. Following Jay Glazer on social media, he does some great videos almost every day, mental health check-ins, and he's just putting some great content. So even if you're not a football fan or a sports fan, follow Jay um, for that alone. If you're looking for counseling, I can't recommend betterhelp.com enough um, from a price point, accessibility, ease of use, but most importantly, the therapist and how they match you has been incredible and it's been incredible work. And then I also would suggest using the Headspace app and getting in a regular routine of meditation and breathing and mindfulness. Um, it'll help. It, it takes work, but everything in life does. And I think we've lost sight of that. It's easy to see the gains that we make in the weight room or losing weight or all that, the physical side of it. But we need to invest more time and serious time in the mental health side because it's not getting any better. And the political environment and, you know, still dealing with the pandemic and monkeypox and everything going on. Those are going to be challenges, too. So you need to have a good defense and the best defense for stress and mental illness is to have a plan and to implement that plan. You know, this is, this is how I'm going to wake up. This is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm doing my meditation and mindfulness work. This is how I'm going to relax. But now's the time. Don't let it break you down like it did for me and make you take a pause and step back from it all. I mean, thankfully, that's all it was. There's people out there in life that have to step back by checking into a hospital or going into some sort of rehab because that's the path that they took them. I don't know why they got there, whether it's substance abuse, um, physical or mental abuse from themselves or from someone else. There's a lot of reasons that we get there, and I'm not here to judge to diagnose, I'm just telling you that a lot of us live in this gray. There's a lot of us that aren't super happy. There's a lot of us that aren't super depressed, but we're not well in the middle. We're not where we could be. We're living in that gray and in the middle. And, and that's really what I wanted to talk about. And I'm probably going to shift a lot of my focus to that. The next couple of podcast episodes might focus on that. I, I honestly don't know because I wanted to look at everything and, and figure out how to change it. But it was really important for me to start this thing and, and get things going. And I wanted this to be the first episode back to let you know that, you know, I live in the gray. I fight the, de the depression on a regular basis. It's not like it's just magically gone. Some days it's just easy to, to, to move past. And some days it takes a lot of work. It's not a constant thing. So you're not alone if you have those struggles. 
You're not alone if you have anxiety struggles. There's not a quick fix. There's things that will help you. Medicine, medical marijuana, all that stuff will greatly help you with a lot of things. But it's got to be a combination. There has to be more than that. There has to be some kind of mental health training or your mental health routine that you go through that's going to help you. Because living in the gray can be really tough and it can be really frustrating because you would just always feel like something wrong is going on, but you just don't know what. So I guess as I wrap this up, my plea or request to you is just take some time, take a day this week, tomorrow, right now, and really think about where you are and where you want to be. And not just in the generic terms. Oh, I want to be rich. I want to be famous or I want to be successful. Really think down. What makes me the happiest? What do I want to do? What's going to get me through life and feel accomplished? Not what's going to get you remembered. We're not talking about legacy or anything like that. We're talking about what is going to make you feel the best. All right. So that's going to wrap up this episode of the mental cast powered by soul performance Academy. Again, you can visit them at soulperformanceacademy.com and across all social media at 717 soul. Don't forget to check out. It's called normal athletics, helping the adaptive beach volleyball world doing great things. John and Dave are amazing people. Um, you should really get to know them, but you can go to icnathletics.com and view more about that 501c3 and even make donations there and help them out. And again, I'm your host, Dan Mickle, and thank you. You can always reach out to me across all social media at realdanmickle and danmickle.com. And of course, I have to give one shameless plug. I have released my book of Shitty Haiku, A Poetic Journey Through a Shitty Pandemic is now available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, and you can buy it directly uh, at danmickle.com. And again, thank you so much. And if you have any suggestions, you can reach out podcast at thementalcast.com. Would love to hear from you. Please engage. Feel free to have reviews, likes, comments, everything. Let's spread the word and and let's really start to tackle some of these mental health issues and and see how we can help everyone. Awesome. Peace, love, happiness, don't suck. And I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Mental Cats. We hope you enjoyed it. We would love for you to like, share, and leave a review for this episode to help boost our exposure. And remember, you can reach out to us with the hashtags Ask717Soul and AskDanMickle. And you may also email your questions to podcast at 717Soul or podcast at DanMickle to reach us. And we may use your questions for future episodes. Thank you, and we look forward to bringing you more episodes in the future.